All right, and welcome to the second episode of the Geek Spin Podcast. I'm your host, the Cory Geek, and today we're going to be talking to Mr. G, a comedic musician from San Dimas, California. So without further ado, let's begin. You have my sword, her bow, and her phaser. You have our dragon, her wand, his lightsaber. You have their special dice, her sonic screwdriver. We are united by what we love. We are united by what we love. And welcome to the second episode of the Geekspin Podcast. I'm your host, the Cory Geek, and I'm here today with Mr. G, nerdy music from uh, San Dimas, California. Home of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, yes. <laughs> are, uh, are strange things afoot at the Circle K? There are strange things afoot at the Circle K, and the Circle K still stands, although the one they used in the movie looks like it's not the one that is in San Dimas, but we do have a Circle K in San Dimas and people do occasionally even visit the Circle K in San Dimas, like on a pilgrimage, a Bill and Ted pilgrimage. So that actually happens. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it. I visited it just to go in and buy something, but uh, I've never been there when someone arrived and took pictures of themselves in front of it. Have you ever done like the Bill and Ted journey? I guess visit the high school, visit... I work right below the high school. Really? So I've been to the water park uh, with my kids because it's right there. We have It's called Raging Waters, okay. uh, not Waterloo, uh, but that's the same place. And then uh, I, San Dimas High School. It isn't actually San Dimas High School. I think that the high school they actually use is like Beverly Hills High School or something in Hollywood, that area. Um, but the real San Dimas High School, San Dimas High School football rules is uh, right next door. So, you know, we've got that. And Bill and Ted spoke at my son's. They did a Zoom, a special Zoom thing because of the year was such a crappy year for seniors who are graduating. Like the school's all shut down right before that. And he was a senior and they did like a little surprise video. They had like a, you know, a video uh, graduation and they were like a little... Uh, pretty big surprise um in that uh video so it was kind of cool yeah i remember seeing something about that on uh on the news somewhere um where they were uh, doing that uh for the graduating uh graduating class that's really yeah, cool yeah and it was all like it was pretty great cuz they had their movie was coming out they had the the part uh part 3 or 4 part 3 it was good i saw it i don't know which one it was but uh yeah yeah, it was really neat. They're they're very nice guys. Like I've always heard, Keanu's just like one of the nicest guys. Like people just like working with him. He may not be the most charismatic actor in the world with amazing acting skills, but he's got people skills up the wazoo, I guess. So, um, just seems like a genuinely good guy that people want to work with. I put him as one of the holy trinity of uh, Hollywood wholesomeness. Him, Tom Hanks, and uh, Le- LeVar Burton. Oh, yeah. I heard LeVar Burton's going to be doing... I think he's going to be the host of uh, um, uh, Jeopardy, is what yeah, I heard, possibly. He's doing a guest uh, guest stint on it, I believe. Okay, that. and then may- who knows? It might become a long-term... That'd be that'd be great. He's a great... I thought he was a great choice. I'm like, oh, LeVar Burton, he's so good. 
Yeah, well, that's as a few people have uh, put it on Twitter. You know, that's the one time that they've seen Twitter unified for something. <laughs> Twitter unified yeah. around Lavar Burton. Yeah, that's what we need to do. We just need to find those that common ground. Yeah, well, I I'll think everybody there. agrees that the Lavar Burton, you know, really needs something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, enough about uh, movies and LeVar Burton and Hollywood wholesomeness. Let's get on to your wholesome music. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm game. All right. So I understand that you have a new album that's going to be coming out uh, later uh, in May. Yeah, May 13th, um, Songs in the Key of Ninja. It is an album of songs about ninjas, and it is... Um, Inspired by the adventures of Dr. McNinja, who is uh, an Irish ninja doctor who immigrated to the States. Uh, and it, it's, it's one of the funniest comics I've ever read. It racks me up so much. Right. And uh, people, I, some of the songs are so specific to the Dr. McNinja universe that they... People will just be wondering, how is this related to ninjas? Or there's a song called Judy's Got a Rocket Launcher, which is already released and everyone can check it out. Um, I believe it's the only song called Judy's Got a Rocket Launcher in the world currently. So um, so it's not like I, an I Love You song where it'd be five million other people wrote that song. Yeah. Um, Judy is Dr. McNinja's guerrilla secretary. She's very professional. But she is, she is not okay with people eating her hot dogs or messing with her kitten. Well, who is? As many of us would be. And she tends to deal with those issues with a rocket launcher when all else fails. She will. And as a, as a, as a receptionist for a ninja, I mean, it makes sense. It's a dangerous business. Um, and the comics are, <laughs> they're so good. They're all online. So you can just go to like, I think it's, uh, let's see, I, I think it's drmcninja.com, but yeah, drmcninja.com. And there's just hundreds and hundreds of pages. Like I bought all the physical copies because I like physical copies. But so these songs, I this album came into existence because about somewhere in the middle of the pandemic, I'm like, man, I need to be really, I want to release some more music. And as Mr. G... My name is Stephen Wesley Giles. For those of you that don't know me either as Mr. G or Stephen Wesley Giles, um, I produce music. I write music for film and television. I'm a solo artist. Um, but I I write under this sort of alter ego for my stuff that's just silly or ridiculous or about video games. Or there, There's just times where I would write a song and I, I have this kind of serious singer-songwriter stuff and writing a song about bacon and throwing it in with my like really heavy song about death and redemption just didn't feel it felt a little too jarring so i created you know mr g like a long time ago to kind of release these songs that i would just write that are just super random because um i just love writing music and and i discovered that it's really fun to write songs about anything um and I'm not like ashamed of them. And I'm like, kind of like hiding it away from my other self. Like I'd gladly say I wrote this song, but it, I think for 
from the perspective of someone listening to my music, uh, like people come listening to, I don't know, Judy's got a rocket launcher or, or some of my other like kind of wacky songs. And then they get this like really intense song, uh, like heartfelt, you know, heart on my sleeve kind of song. Um, it's really jarring. Like I don't, there's not a lot of artists that I listen to that do that. Uh, you know, there's usually like the project for that kind of thing. So, yeah. So anyway, I was going back through my archives and I'm like, I know I've got songs I haven't released. And I mean, I just found over a hundred songs that I had not released in, in basically maybe I put it up on YouTube one time, like seven years ago, or I uploaded it to Bandcamp maybe and never released it like, like a worldwide release, like where it's on Spotify, Amazon, everything. So, um, so the Ninja album is when I started going through everything, I just saw like all these songs that were, that had Ninja in the top. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. And they were spanning years, like just so many different things. In fact, I had one song where someone says, Hey, you remember this one song? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I forgot that song even existed. It was like Bacon Ninja. Yeah, that's going right. on there. I mean, how can I not have that song on the songs in the key of Ninja album? So, um, so that was really fun. That was uh, one of my co-writers, uh, Katie Dwyer, uh, aka Mama Katie, who I'm also actually, we just recorded another album in the month of February together that okay. will be coming out. Uh, I think we're going to be releasing it as singles, but it's a, an album of songs about the game Fortnite. Um, okay. and we all play Fortnite together. And so we just said, let's just write a bunch of songs about Fortnite. So we totally cranked out like, I don't know, 10, 12 songs about Fortnite. And now we're going to start, hopefully, I was waiting for this album to finish sort of releasing, and then we're going to put some of those out. And anyway, that was a long backstory to explain Songs in the Key of Ninja, my new album dropping May 13th, everybody. Um, And a lot of it's available right now because I've been releasing a new single every um, Thursday in April. So actually today, the song Dr. McNinja just dropped. Um, and it's, uh, it's a song about Dr. McNinja and it's ridiculous and, and weird. And I like it. <laughs> it's so, um, and, and by the way, people, I'll just, we'll probably say this again, but if you go to Mr. G rocks, M R G E E like G whiz R O C K S, um, dot com. Uh, there's links to all my different Spotify, Bandcamp, Amazon, whatever, um, so they can check that and there's a mailing list and you can sign up on the mailing list. But, yeah, um, I am. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, there, there's my, my new Ninja albums coming out. I'm actually, I'm really, I didn't realize how excited I'd be about it. I put a lot of effort into like, we had artwork. I had a student that created the cover art and it came out so cool. And I had someone helping with, I made a bunch of videos to go along with the songs and, um, that a lot of, a lot of fun just being creative in the creation process and the promotion process. So you didn't really set out to create a ninja album. It just sort of happened. No, it just sort of happened. You know, I just, I just looked back and I had all of these songs about ninjas and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I just knew I, I had deep dived into the Dr. McNinja verse, uh, back in, ugh, I don't even know what year. I mean, I'm 2012, 2013, somewhere back there. And I was such a fan. And oh my gosh, I sent the album to the creator of Dr. McNinja. His name's Chris Hastings. 
He writes for Marvel. He writes for Adventure Time. Uh, he's really? he's stupid talented. I did not think he would respond, to be quite honest. I just sent an email. I looked for his contact information and just sort of said, hey, I wrote a whole album of songs about Dr. McNinja. I think you might like it. And, uh, you know, I'm, put, I'm, turn, I'm releasing it. And here's the link to the songs before they're released, just if you want to hear them. And he just sent me an email back like a few days later and said, oh, my gosh, this is so great. I love it. You know, I, he was just flattered. I think that someone like spent as much time as I obviously spent recording this many songs about something that, you know, it's over for him. He stopped. I mean, that ended like years ago and he's on working on other things. But, you know, you like it when people tell you your kids are cute or whatever yeah. you know yeah I, I feel the same way about like old songs when people tell me they love this song it meant a lot to them or something so it was it was really uh exciting to to have him uh sort of give it his little stamp of he liked it you know that was yeah. that was pretty awesome it must be very gratifying oh yeah yeah i mean it's, it's sort of like I don't know if I wrote it so that he would hear it. Like, I don't know if that was my intention, but I mean, he certainly is a target. I mean, if I would hope he'd find something that he liked about it because, you know, it's about his like universe and stuff. But I guess I, I was probably more scared. He'd be like, please cease and desist. Please never, (laughs) please immediately remove the name Dr. McNinja from everything you've ever created. That was the fear. That is a fear of doing any kind of like, I don't know, fan fiction, fan art, uh, where that, where that line is, um, uh, for their, you know, their intellectual property rights, even, you know, like where's that, where is it okay? Because it's, uh, inspired by, or is it taking too much or, I don't know. I know people encounter that in a lot of different areas, every, I mean, I guess every entertainment field, you know, um, and how to like, I don't know, navigate that. So yeah, I've heard decided... that from a few. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like if you're doing like, like even cover songs or like you're doing a parody. Uh, so the, the fallout album you heard, by the way, there are actually 88 tracks, but 11 are hidden tracks because they're parodies. Okay. If you buy it on Bandcamp, I believe you get, all of the songs, but I couldn't, I was a little bit afraid of releasing all of the songs. I mean, one of them's like, uh, we did, um, uh, I did some stuff with, uh, his name's bone cage. He's amazing. Uh, amazing. Like just, ugh. he produced some of the tracks and like, he did like, a. we copied Huey Lewis in the news, um, for one of the songs. And I mean, it is a dead on, uh, track recording like he's so good at like hearing a sound and recreating it and and uh he's very 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 talented um he's released some crazy stuff and so like when i was doing the fallout thing i actually had multiple people that like either contributed lyrics or helped write the song with me or um i think there's one uh rick mcvick uh he's he like runs a podcast on fallout um and he he actually recorded a whole song and just sent it to me and I just released it. You know, like, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. That totally fits in here. Let's put it out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different things. I forgot the original question or where we were going with all that, but I, I don't it, know. <laughs> kind of got magical there. journey talking yeah. about music. I actually did want to talk about the Fallout 76 album because that was an absolute beast of an album. <laughs> As you know, it took me several days to get through it. Um, I can't even imagine yeah, how I, much time that took. I didn't even think to look at the track listings when I first started playing it. It just happened to be on the bus home. And I'm like, you know, well, we're going to be interviewing him. Let's see what some of his music's like. And Let's dive in. The first one that I grabbed was Fallout 76. I got home, I'm like, okay, how many tracks more? And started scrolling down, and next thing I know, I'm like, okay, there's 76 tracks. Do you actually have, I guess, the timeline for that album? How long is it? Let's see if I can... Okay, it's two hours and 22 minutes of music. Okay, there we go. Written in 2015. So I I wrote a song a day, um, the 70 seven days before or 76 my plan was 76 days before fallout 76 came out i was going to write a song a day and i uploaded on youtube with a video every single day now some of the videos were literally just like a like a cover art uh for that song and then um uh the song but some were actually videos i, I can tell you that was a stupid thing to do um <laughs> And probably almost gave myself like some sort of heart attack or whatever. It was fun and I was super excited. I'm a huge Fallout. Fallout is one of those games. I don't know. It's like you listen to a certain band when you're in like high school and college and they kind of stick yeah. with you. And there's certain games maybe that you play. Like I played Fallout 3 uh, at a point in my life where I had like had like an anxiety attack and I was like trying to kind of withdraw from doing too much to don't stop doing so much stuff. And, uh, and, um, and so I was playing fallout three and I mean, I just dove into that game and it's such a great game and it's such a cool storyline and the characters are very interesting and something about the game just really like connected with me. Um, it's sort of got that post-apocalyptic, but it's got a sense of humor, but it's gritty. It was a bunch of things that I liked. So, um, I, I, so I was excited when this new new Fallout was coming out. In fact, that might have even been before Fallout 4. Gosh, 2015. Yeah, that's actually, I think that was before Fallout 4 is what okay. this, this, this was. The timeline was the 76 days or the 80. I guess it turned out to being 88 days before it released because I ended up writing that many songs. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, and that album is actually pretty, it is, I mean, you know, I haven't listened to that al whole album in a long time. That's a big commitment to listen to, to the whole record. And now if you're a Fallout fan, I guarantee you're going to find something you like in there. Um, it's very, the music is very different on, I mean, there's a lot of different stuff. There's some songs I'm actually super proud of yeah. in there that I'm like really, really, like there's one or two that actually were even re-released with another band. Um Welcome Home was released with a band that I play in called Dove Pilot. Um, and that's a uh, that's a song I'm very proud. I like, man, I was so proud of it because it's it's universal enough that anyone could listen to that song and enjoy it for the concept of returning home. But yeah. it's also like super specific to like returning to the universe. And it's even applies to the main character and the story. I mean, it, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, if I could capture 
lightning in a bottle. I would do this every time. But I mean, that that song, I play it live whenever I play any of my songs. And I don't feel like, and when I play live, I normally, I don't play as Mr. G. I just, Stephen Wesley Giles when I perform. And so it tends to be my more folk stuff. But I'll play songs from a lot of my different projects if it's a good song and I think it will connect with people. And that's one of the songs um, that I definitely play and, and people respond to. And, and I just feel good playing it. Yeah. Actually I noticed that a lot of you, you've got a very eclectic style um, on the songs in the key of Minecraft. There was one song uh, Enderman is coming for me. And then it went to country lava, which basically went from metal guitar to banjo. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. With the Mr. G stuff, I just have this real feeling of total freedom. Um, I have no, uh, I don't feel any obligation to adhere to a style or a, like I was in a band called Push Start Wagon um, in the 90s and in the aughts the early aughts and and uh i always had this feeling and this was before i would write any mr g stuff really um i always had this sense that i had to write a song that would fit in this band so it has to be kind of a alternative rock it has to have this certain attitude a certain sound um and certain structure and and that's not i don't think it's bad to do that and i do that intentionally for lots of things but as a person, as a creative person, I felt, I, I don't know, I, FOM, which I can talk about more, um, and I know the Faithful Sidekicks are heavily in, in, the, in the FOM universe, and they, um, they're super inspiring too. I love them. I, uh, they're both just great, and they have so many great, funny songs. Oh my gosh. So great, and just all, all kinds of great songs. FOM the February album writing month for anyone not familiar with it, uh, was this challenge to write 14 songs in 28 days. It still exists. It's still going on. I did it this year again. And, um, and when I first saw that, I'm like, that is impossible. How could anyone write 14 songs in 28 days? That's ridiculous. Um, and I was talking with a friend and we, we were like, I had met him in a, a band. There's this other band I like called over the Rhine, um, and they're this just really kind of cool folk band. Um, and so we had met on the forums and then we both were songwriters and we're like, yeah, we should write, Hey, let's try to write a song a month. And we created a blog and we started writing a song a month and we would post it to this blog. Okay. And it was like our own little songwriting challenge. And that was like, I had this reason to like finish something because I knew I had to finish a song. And then that led to us, I saw this thing called February Album Writing Month, and like like one day before, I decided I'm going to do this. This is crazy. I'm going to try it, and I have not looked back. Like every year, it is like a jump start for my creative year. Like I look forward to it so much, and people there are just really cool. Mm-hmm. Everyone is almost everyone is super supportive and kind and encouraging. And you can get any kind of feedback you want. If you want people to be like, hey, I want really critical feedback on my mix or my lyrics, people will totally give it to you. Or you can just say, hey, I don't want any feedback. Just let me know you like it or move on or whatever. The community is just so cool and everyone shares information. And like, they're like, how did you get that guitar sound? Or, you know, 
do you wanna, there's so many people will collaborate. And so I got in there and just jumped in and just people were like, write a song about in the key of G with only three chords or, or uh, write a song about, you know, um, the sun or write a song about the letter G. I just, I was like, what? Like, it just kind of like, I don't know, it expanded my mind to like, oh, these are song that counts as a song. I could write ditties. I could write like little commercial jingles. And like, all of a sudden I just had this like, uh, Tom Waits is someone I think that does this. He just is creative and just everything could be so, it could be big band jazz or just dirty down blues with one guitar, or it could be a full orchestra. And I mean, I, I don't own any Tom Waits albums. I love him. Every time I've heard him, I'm, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Corey. I sense your, <laughs> I sense the offense that was just taken. I don't own any Tom Waits albums, and that's not because um, I just didn't grow up with Tom Waits, but every single time I hear him uh, or hear him singing, uh, one, I know it's him, and two, I'm just like, oh, man, it's so good. You know, it's so good. And I've watched his live performances, and he looks like, I, I would love to see him live because he just seems like an incredible performer. And his even his, like, he did a promotional thing for his album, and I totally stole the idea. He did this thing where he did a fake press conference. I don't know if you saw that. I thought that was the best thing I'd ever seen. He was, like, he was talking to a room, and you could hear the sound of, like, cameras going off and then it pans around and you see like a tape recorder and he turns it off and it's this empty room and he's created this crazy chart and it just didn't make any sense it was so random and i thought that is just genius i just loved it it was so like uh i don't know it's so tom waits it was so you know unique yeah. and it is inspiring i i really do get inspired by just great art of any kind, you know, like, but I'm also not afraid to make really lowbrow art either. And I, and I, I think I see that in a lot of what he, he's done. And there a lot of artists that I really love. I, I love artists that are super highbrow too. I mean, yeah. I really do like lots of stuff. Like I don't see Bob Dylan writing songs about, you know, I don't know, farts or whatever, but, um, and that's fine. I don't know if I would want that from Bob Dylan. I mean, yeah. if he did it, though, I'm sure it'd be great. You know, I'm sure it'd be really cool and we'd love it. But um, I, I do love uh, just, I just love music. And so I really like, you know, Weird Al. I grew up with Weird Al. And and how cool is it that you could write songs like that? I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. I heard about Dr. Demento mm -hmm. and I like heard some of that. Um I even jumped into that community a little bit later on because it's still ongoing, you know, um, when I had a, like some of my Mr. G stuff out and I was trying to like, I don't know, I was just trying to get into, I was trying to find a place to be, you know, like a niche. Yeah. Um, and that's always hard to find. Actually, I know everyone has a hard, I think that's everybody, you know, it, you, you're trying to find your place where you can share what you're doing and that people will hear it, you know, and um that's a whole, I mean, that's a whole journey that I, I think FOM taught me, one, I don't worry about that as much anymore. I just make it. I just make the art. I do the work, you know, of creating. I put it out, do the best I can with what I have, with what resources I have. At, you know, when I first released stuff, I didn't know really much about doing video stuff. And 
you know, I didn't have any of those skills and I wasn't really savvy with social media so much. I mean, I'm reasonably savvy, but there's so much new stuff is happening all the time. Yeah. I just got a TikTok account and I've been having fun just, you know, a lot of my students are like kind of just jumping on and saying hi or whatever. And I'm just posting random stuff related to the album on TikTok. I, I don't know, 30 followers. Is, no one is finding me on TikTok probably. Um, well, but you never know. Maybe after you this year. Well, you do. You never know. I might make something so ridiculous that someone takes it and Ariana Grande does a dance to it or something. Who knows? Uh, and and some of that is really, it is about showing up when you're, I think as an artist, you, you have to, an, that feels very pretentious, an artist, but I'm going to continue to use that. I, I feel like I'm an artist and, and a part of being an artist is creating and, um, and I do, I do think about my audience. I do care about what people hear, but I mean, you can just tell from some of the songs I've created that I wasn't necessarily like trying to like really like lock in on a particular group of people with the Mr. G stuff, you know, um, I, I guess people have like, and, and it's so varied, you know, if you yeah. like fallout and you like that album, you may not like the Minecraft album at all, you know, songs in the key of Ninja may just not be your jam, but maybe, you know, uh, some other song is, you know, and I, and that's okay with me. Uh, there's a lot of bands like that. Radiohead was a band where, Man, I love I loved the first record that came out with Creep on it, and then yeah. the Benz was like, "Oh, whoa, this is crazy," which was nothing crazy compared to where they were headed. Yeah. But um, and then like uh, 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 OK Computer, which I just was one of my favorite Radiohead albums, and then there was Kid A, Amnesiac, which actually were re- really weird for me, and I appreciate them way more now. At the time, I was like, uh. And I like this. It's not guitar. It's not really as guitar based. You um, two did a lot of that, you know, yeah. where they had this sound and they sort of that's a band that was a big influence on me. Um, and they kind of move through these different styles. And I respect them that they kept evolving, you know, and and I loved pretty much everything they you two put out. And that's one of those bands that I grew up with that I felt in fact recently I haven't really listened to a lot of the probably the last two or three albums very much. Um, just because I don't know, I'm, I'm an adult working full time and, and I, I still listen to music all the time. Cause I think that's, I think that's a part of being a musician is, you know, hearing what people are doing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyway, trails off as he forgets what he started talking about in the first place. Well, going into some of your songs, I mean, one of my, a couple of my favorite albums um, were the ones that uh, featured, uh, I guess, some of the kids that you're working with, or um, like Cat Monkey. Oh my gosh, Wizard <laughs> Cat Ma- Monkey Shark Wizard. That's it. <laughs> I actually really kind of enjoyed that album just for the silliness of it. Well, thank you. I, I, and I really, I had so much. I mean, those were just made in the moment and. And it shows, and and I like them, and I was totally happy putting them up online. Like I wasn't embarrassed of them. Like how yeah. ridiculous they are. Um, I mean, the Mr. G song, um, songs for silliness and uh, songs for singing and silliness and stuff, awesomeness and stuff, or whatever. I can't even tell you the title. It's really long. Um, it, I love that because it. Um, I, I don't know. I just I like 
being able to write silly, like I said, I felt very freed by February album writing month and, and like looking at people like Tom Waits and people who did really diverse and different things and they were still respected as an artist and um, as a musician and they found a niche that, that, people followed and loved, you know, and people followed him at different points in his career too, you know, like, is it Tom's diner? And then there's like bone machine. And like, there's some that are very, very divergent and probably have a really dedicated following of people that jumped in on that album or left on that, you know, like they're like, I'm done with it. It's like Bob Dylan when he went electric, you know, everyone just freaked out, you know, like he really, pissed off a lot of uh, the purest folk crowd and you know people do that and they but they want to be creative and make things and and so they I I value that ability to push forward and do what you're feeling you need to do I'm not beholden to a record label I'm not dealing with like making my entire living from my music and so I might have a very different view if I were you know maybe I would be a little less random with some of the song. I don't know, you know, I, so I don't know. I don't want to judge somebody because maybe they're consistently keeping a consistent sound or, you know, something like that. But I, I think the people that I really admired generally didn't do that, you know, and, and usually they found a way to hopefully pull me along to that new sound or style in some way, you know. There's another band, another band I really love, that I discovered was this band called Vampire Weekend. And they have, uh, they sounds like a goth band. Um, they're like this, they're, my description is they're like an indie rock Paul Simon. Um, it, they're really good. They're, they're an excellent band. I'm sure you've heard one of their songs. Um, I can't think of the title. They had a song called, um, Unbelievers that was a big hit recently. Um, their records have been very different. The okay. first one was very raw, but like, but really melodic. I don't know. They're really melodic. I, and they're, they changed and their albums were very different. Each one like kind of evolved, but they're so good. They're just so, so good. Um, yeah, I love, I love that. I love artists that do that. So now I am not comparing my, you know, uh, cat monkey shark wizard to uh the first you know whatever record but um oh my gosh where is my monkey that song just those songs make me laugh because they were like written like someone says something in my class some kid will say something and i just like wait what okay hold on pick up my guitar turn on the usb mic record it like a lot of those were literally recorded right there and that's just how they're they're staying and i didn't go home and like produce it more or whatever i just thought this is so fun it's this moment in time i mean all songs are capturing a moment in time you know um cat monkey shark wizard i don't know where that concept came from i mean someone said something it was like a little ridiculous or there was a couple words together and i'm like well let's add three more three more words to that and and write a song about it and make a video and there's a video the video's just ridiculous and kids helped make the video like they did little animations for me and you know we we all just got ex- i was excited and they got excited and would like work on it and we'd all make a thing and 
So I get a lot of energy from my students for sure. Um, there's just things that they're laughing at or whatever. Sometimes I literally just do it because I know it'll make them cringe and it will like trigger them or whatever. <laughs> Me singing about this is like, don't stop, you know, like torture my own children this way many yeah. times. Um, so some of it is like that. I have three of my, I have uh, three kids. I have my, my, my daughter and my son and then my niece who live with us. So there's three teenagers in my house. Mm. Uh, so I've, mm-hmm, yep. And <laughs> do you have teen, do you have, did you have teenagers or you have teenagers uh, right now? I have a 13 year old, a 12 year old who's going on about 16 and then yep. I have the seven year old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Woo. <laughs> yeah. The teen years are tough. Yeah. I'd always or, or heard just, teens could be tough. Yeah. But they are the worst. <laughs> we just, my wife and I frequently say, are we fit to be parents? Did we break them? Are we, do we want to just quit and go drink? What are, how do you yeah. feel? Yeah, we're constantly feeling that way. Like we're either, they're going to need therapy or we don't want to talk to them and we hate them. Go away, leave us. Or they say the same thing. To, I mean, there's just a lot of different feelings that have occurred raising teenagers and I, I do love them, but boy, oh boy, I heard about teenagers and I didn't understand <laughs> until yeah. I had teenagers. Oh, so. especially the daughter having a daughter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My daughter's like 16 and she seems like a old, much older person. Yeah. And that was always the case with my daughter for sure. Well, our 12-year-old, um, if you saw her, you'd probably think she was about 16. She uh, <laughs> developed very early. Like, she started developing at 9. At 9, she looked like she was 12. At 12, she looks like she's 16. I can only imagine what she's going to look like at 16, like 32 or something. She can do the Benjamin Button thing where she'll, like, yeah. reverse eventually. and like. <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so slightly off cat, yeah. cat Monkey Shark Wizard. Um, that's a, Gabby's that's... Gabby's Mighty Voice was actually my favorite track off that album. Oh my gosh. Okay, now I honestly don't remember I'm going to have to I'm pulling it up. I'm going to play it for a second cuz I don't even remember. <laughs> Gabby the song is for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I can already remember just from hearing the laughter. I, someone says something in my class like, I'm so tired of blah, 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 or whatever. And I mean, I just start singing. And like, there's no lyrics written down for a lot of these. It's just making up stuff as I sing, which makes it so much funnier when it hits like whatever rhymes or horrible not rhymes that it makes. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's so great. I remember Gabby. And and. And I asked her, like, permission. I said, is it okay if I post this? She's all, yes, you may. I always, like, ask the kids, like, yeah. you know, because I'm like, I don't want to intentionally embarrass a kid. But at the moment, I definitely felt like I, I wasn't, like, doing it to embarrass. I was just doing it to be, like, like dad joke, groaning, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of thing. But, uh, yeah. Oh, that's – I love that. That's great. Zero, yeah. This is the, – you're the first person that's ever commented on the song, so – I hardly know what to do here. <laughs> well, let's uh, continue on then. Um, what is your creative process like? Well, 
I mean, it, it really, it does vary. Um, sometimes it's, it's literally like what I said, someone like, okay, which, so on the first album, the first really official Mr. G record was super silly songs for singing and awesomeness and stuff. Um, and that had like a ton of, it has like 36 songs on it. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of them were from stuff that was happening in the classroom. Um, like, oh my gosh, let's see. Time to log off. Cause every day in my class, they had to log out of their computer. So I like wrote a song like to remind them to log out. Cause a lot of kids would just get up and walk out. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, you gotta log off. So it's like almost like the little reminder I would play it at the end of the period or something. Um, so like some songs are born out of like actual need for something, you know, like, uh, there's a practical need. So I would like just kind of, I'd say a lot of times I pick up a guitar and I start strumming and just singing words. Maybe that's, so maybe my process tends to be more like strumming and this singing to it and like finding a line or two. Um, and usually I would have either a title or like a subject that I was going to write about right. So like I had an idea that like this is going to be about logging off or this is going to be about chickens or or whatever. Um some like one of the songs is called consecutively nice to me. Like some kid just said she has never been consecutively nice to me. And I'm like that is so good. That's, That's such a good phrase and consecutively nice to me. So like that became a song. Um uh, you know some <sighs> I want to be a dentist was inspired by the, the, the stop motion animation, uh, the Rankin Bass, uh, uh, Rudolph, I think it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, uh, some of them, uh, a lot of them are like that. Okay. And my recent records definitely like that kind of a fandom where I'm just inspired by something like the Dr. McNinja thing inspired a lot of ninja songs. Um, the video game fallout. Like I play a lot of games. Um, I just started watching Steven universe, which I'd always heard was really cool. And I'd never seen it. And I started watching it and it is, it just cracks me up. It's super good. The writing's really fun. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I started, I haven't written any songs, but I just started writing song titles and like phrases. And I just have a Google doc filled with stuff. So I'm probably going to visit that at some point. Um, and, and, and go back and, and do some, so I have like, i never feel like I'm short for material. Like there's always something to write about. Like there's nothing that, and, and I'm not worried that things have been done um, because it hasn't been done like I would do it, you know? So there's a, there's a chance for me to create something interesting and unique and, and fun or awesome or whatever. Um, so yeah. So normal process, pick up a guitar, just start singing. Sometimes, uh, Sometimes I will write the lyrics first. I'm generally, I would say, probably only 20%, 10% of my songs are me writing down the lyrics first. Okay. Um, normally it's me kind of like jamming on an idea and then just kind of like getting getting my, I kind of get like the major section. Like I get the chorus or the verse, the feel, and then I do the work of like coming up with more parts. And sometimes I just don't. I'm like, yeah, that's good verse chorus done it's first verse first verse done whatever it can be whatever it wants to be you know uh, i don't have to force it into a structure some songs felt like they needed more structure so i might have structured it more like a pop song like it needs to be verse and a chorus but like i i didn't even know this until like i don't know i feel like 
couple years ago, someone's like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody never repeats any part in the entire song. And I'm like, what? That can't be right. I pull up Bohemian Rhapsody. It is never repeating. It's every part is different. It just keeps, it's like an opera. It's, I mean, Freddie Mercury was kind of writing an opera, you know? And, um, and there's a bunch of songs like that. And I did not know. I'm like, oh my gosh, people didn't. And, and there wasn't a catchy repeated hook. I mean, there's a lot of catchy parts, really interesting parts, but there wasn't anything that was repeating, like pounding you over the head. Remember this awesome part, do, 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 you know, it was all changing. I'm like, okay, that's a thing I can do. I don't think I've, I mean, I think I've done that accidentally. I haven't done that on purpose. I haven't intentionally written a song that has no repeating parts. I mean, I must have one that does that in my collection, but um, generally I do adhere to the 20th century pop song structure of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, maybe chorus, chorus out, you know, like that's a lot of ways. I'll, uh, one way I, I do approach songs. I write for film and television. So I have a lot of songs, not Mr. G songs, I would love to have a Mr. G song in a show. I mean, seriously, I'm going to put this out there. If you have a weird show, cartoon or something, and you just need wacky music written for like characters in the show, I will do that for you. I will, please, please hire me. Um, like, like I was like Steven Universe, like Adventure Time. Um, I love the music. I love the random songs that people break into and they're so stupid and funny and, and sometimes they're super silly, but super heartfelt too at the same time. Like there's just this cool balance. I, I think that's so cool, man. If I could have like a second alternate career as when I retire from teaching in like a a decade from now, um, I mean, that's something I'd, Oh, that'd be so cool. I'd love to work with a show on, on music and stuff. Um, but I have done, so that to say, I have done music for film and television. I have a bunch of stuff, uh, with a lot of the different bands I'm in. And as Stephen Wesley Giles that have been placed in TV shows, I have over, uh, 200 placements in different television shows and movies. Um, and, and the, the good and the, 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 the good news and the bad news of that is it does not make me independently wealthy. Um, and, uh, and it didn't make me independently wealthy. It's also the best, but it was really cool to get stuff in shows and I still work to do it. Um, but it's not like, uh, it's few and far between that you get a song like in guardians of the galaxy and you get paid $50,000 or you get a Coke commercial. Um, a lot of those are by established, artists who are touring they're already a big name so there's like this you know people who are excited about the artist might buy the product or people like the product might check out the artist there's like the synergy thing i'm probably never gonna i mean that's probably not likely happening for me but um but so i will listen to songs uh like i have a really i'll take a song that i really like by a band i will listen to that song over and over and over again. And then I will just like, almost like a spreadsheet, like break it down or a piece of paper. And it's like, okay, intro, four measures, drums, bass, hook, uh, verse one, acoustic guitar, bass. And I kind of like figure out first the basic structure. Then I figure out how long those parts are, what they're doing in those parts. Like, why is this cool? Then I literally will like, like, what's the sounds that are being used? They're using a 
a keyboard, they're using some kind of vocal effect, and, and then and then I will take that structure and then say, I'm going to write a song that feels like this song. Um, I'm going to do a different key. I'm going to do a different topic, but I might keep the mood, um, change the change some of the sounds, but then I build off of something that's established, which is what I feel like all art does. I mean, when people learn to paint, they paint like the some of these classic paintings, you know, and, and they learn like some of the basics of structure. They all like a lot of people who are into realism, they will do the you will do the drawings of the human body and, and you'll learn how to recreate and, and how to do the lines. So songs are a form of art, then they are reproducible and 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 we're everyone is taking something from somewhere. It didn't just come from nowhere. Your inspiration that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic. You know, like we, some people are inspired by things. Some people say there's a muse. God has given it to me. Um, lots of different, lots of different ways to get a song. I mean, I'd say there's times where a song just came and it just came out like fully formed. Like I played through it one time and there's the whole song. And I was like, what just happened? And other times I've had songs that I've worked on for a couple of years and finally finished it, you know, and, and, uh, it, I tend to do a lot less time on songs now. Okay. I tend to work much faster. And some of that comes from, uh, just experience. I have a studio set up and it's always ready to go and I can just sit down and I can get going. So I'm not relearning how to set up my equipment every single time. It's always up. I use it every, I write a song every week. Yeah. Every week I write at least one song. Um, I am part of a songwriting group called g And for the censors, it's get your ass writing songs. Um, and it's basically like a challenge that every week by midnight on Saturday, you have to have turned in a song based on a prompt they give. Okay. And there's very few rules. They've been generally two minutes or longer. Um, and honestly, there's no like, if you don't put it to the theme, you're out of the group. But the goal is if you're not participating, you get kicked out of the of the Facebook group. And, uh, and so like that kind of keeps you like committed to like finishing and turning something in. For me, that was, I'm really, I respond well to deadlines. And um having a deadline makes me do something, you know, and, and, uh, I found like FOM just lit a fire under me. It's like, and you can totally do it if you just do it, yeah. you know, it, it, and some of it maybe has to do with expectations. I think some people are paralyzed by perfectionism. Um, so the perfectionism that many people have that are artists is they want it to be just, just right, just perfect. And then they never finish or they take so long that it, something's happened to it. You know, I, there are there examples of people that have taken, you know, years and years and made something amazing. Absolutely. Of course. But there's also for everyone like that, there's like guns and roses, Chinese democracy, which I th was like 14 years. And I couldn't tell you a song off that album. I remember Appetite for Destruction and all those ones that I grew up with when I was in high school. Um, but I don't think the other songs stood up very well. And that doesn't mean they're not good. I just, I didn't, I think I just didn't care at that point. Um, and 
I don't know why. Was it because it took so long or because it wasn't good? I don't know. I'm guessing it probably wasn't super. I think I feel like I would have spent more time on it. You know what? It's probably okay. It's probably not horrible at all. I mean, they did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Axel, if you're listening, look, I love your voice. You rock. Please, let's write a song together. <laughs> Is Axel going to be listening to this podcast? It's possible. He could be. Somewhere. Who knows? Way down the line. You never know. Way down the line. Right. In the archive. We're dead and gone. Yeah. Somehow he's kept his brain alive in a tube. He's got a lot of money. Pulls up all the old mentions of his name and podcasts that he hadn't heard. And he's like, maybe he'll revive me. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a song. This is a song concept right here. This is a Mr. G song concept. <laughs> a mi- so a hundred years in the future, Axl Rose is a brain in a tube connected to a machine. He is reviewing his past glory days, pulls up an archive, revives me to co-write a song with him because of this podcast. Actually, I think that's an entire album concept. <laughs> that could be, you could potentially write an entire album about that. Oh my gosh. That's how these things happen. Yeah. Sometimes it's like this is a ridiculous conversation and you're like, I got to do something with that. Uh, And you just do it, you know, and whatever it is, it is. And if it made you and maybe one other person laugh, it's kind of totally worth, you know, it's totally worth it. Um, And that's something I mean, if if I can make someone laugh on one of the songs, which I I love to do, if I can evoke any emotion, generally, I feel like I've done my job as a musician because I don't think there's any song that I listen to that I like that doesn't evoke some emotion in me. Like if it just has no, if there's no, if I have no feeling when I'm hearing the song, I turn it off. I mean, I don't sit through a lot of stuff that just doesn't do something for me, you know? Uh, And I think, I think the market probably turns a lot of those songs away in many cases. Like people just don't buy it. They're just not, there's no energy pulling them into that song. There's no something that, that draws them to it. Now, I, there are certain things. There's just sex appeal. I won't be selling a lot of things on sex appeal, so I'm probably going to need to be funny or uh, witty or uh, heartfelt, you know? Like, that's all I got uh, to go on, you know? And uh, I do, and I love that with the Mr. G stuff, I do have songs that are, like, pretty heartfelt that are right alongside the heavy metal song about cows or whatever, you know? So, um, like on the new, on the new album. So one of the songs is called, um, all ninjas get lonely sometimes. And it's about, you know, ninjas are lonely. It's a lonely life. You're basically a solo assassin. You can't hang out and talk to people about it. There's not a bar for you to hang. I mean, maybe that's a whole nother concept ninja bar. And maybe that exists. I don't know ninjas don't tell you they would have killed you and you would never find out if you found out it's too late you you didn't survive to tell the story but um uh but it's a real i really like the song and it's really funny because i did i did like a um now i know people listening won't be able to see this but i made a chart um of the album okay and i basically had a spreadsheet i did like a google form 
this is not the Google form, of course, it's a piece of paper, but um, I, did a, <laughs> I did a Google form and I asked people to listen to the album before it came out. And I said, hey, would you listen to the album and just tell me which song you really like and which song you just, uh, you hate it, you know, because I'm sure you'll find at least one of both on this. I hope you'll find one of both on this record. I mean, I'd love them to love all the yeah. songs, but they're so disparate. They're so different that no one is usually like, man, that whole album, song for song, just slays. With my with my albums, I feel like, I think people that are really quirky and like really quirky stuff probably do enjoy the quirkiness of it. I feel like that is not your average listener. Yeah. But then again, I you know, I mean, and that's maybe that's the audience I'm looking for for the Mr. G records is people that enjoy quirky stuff and don't mind it being possibly any one of a heavy metal song, a punk song, something with a banjo, creepy repetition of the word Gary over and over again with weird reverb effects. <laughs> if you've ever played Fallout 3, you would know that Gary is this psycho guy from one of the vaults that people go to, and it's like inhabited with all these like cloned Garys that have gone into madness, and so that's where that song came from. But uh, yeah, so if you can't, if you can't love me at my Gary, you can't have me at my welcome home. And I don't care. No, you can have me at either one. If you like either one, you are welcome to the Mr. G fold. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so you're also a multi-instrumentalist. What instruments do you all play? So I'm primarily a guitarist. Um I play piano. I can play piano. I know all the, what all the notes are. I know how to make pretty much any chord with my hands. Playing it quickly like I play guitar is almost impossible. But with MIDI, I can get away with a lot of things. I can play things like slower or just put in the chords and then play it back. The computer plays back the MIDI parts. Um, but I can play piano. I play bass. Um, I play drums. Um, I play a little bit of ukulele. Um, I would, I wish I knew how to play, like, I don't play any wind instruments. That was something I never learned how to do. I was a music major for two years, and then I changed my major to English via peer pressure. Uh, all my friends were becoming English majors, and this is the best peer pressure, the worst peer pressure I've experienced there. I forced to be an English major by my friends. No, I, I, my school that I was at, um, was had a very traditional music program that was like choral directing yeah. for their music major. That's kind of like the the pinnacle of that program was really that. There wasn't like a music production class or it was so small that it barely existed. Um so I switched me. I was like, I don't want to do that. That's not I want to rock. I want to be in a band and, you know, so I'm changing majors. And my friends were all English majors, so I became an English major. Um <laughs> which has served me well. I can't spell really well, so maybe that wasn't the best major. But um, my wife spell checks a lot of my stuff because she has the gift of seeing misspelled words. Um, sorry. Okay, so help redirect me. I'm sort of... <laughs> well, we were talking about... Uh, <laughs> Where, which, let's see. Um, which instruments do you all play? I really should have like a little guide in front of me. Sorry, say that again. So it's just on which uh, instruments you all play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of guitar. I have a, a dulcimer. I have that I play. I'm not like a dulcimer player, but I got one. Um, my uncle made one from like 
he made one and then he gave it to me. He's like, it's just sitting in the garage. I'm like, I'll take it. Um, and they have like a little, little xylophones that I can play. Okay. And again, I'm not really accomplished on any of these instruments, but I, I can get by enough that I can make a decent sound. I, I basically can be a good self-contained rock band. Um, cause I played in rock bands a lot in college and in high school. So that's, that's my, that's my, you know, that's my sweet spot yeah. is like typical rock band instrumentation. Um, and I, and I, I think, I think of my studio as an instrument also, like I build a lot of songs in the recording program where I'll literally cut and paste. I'll play something, you know, to a click track. I'm like, okay, cool. There's the verse cut paste just for speed. Cause I want to finish. And then I'll layer other things on top of it and make it feel more organic if I can. Or sometimes I don't want it to be organic. I want it to be really robotic y cut and pasty too. So it depends on the depends on the song, like kind of what the feel I want it to have is. But yeah. I play a little harmonica, which pretty much anyone who can blow wind out of their face can play. Um and you know, a little bit of percussion stuff. I I can do tambourine acceptably to to get by. Um yeah, so there you go. Those are my multi but so my main multi instruments are the typical rock band instruments. And uh, for the rest of it, do you collaborate with other artists? Yeah. Yeah. I collaborate with a bunch of different people. So, and that's another, th- that, that's like, I keep going back to February album writing month, man. I, if I want to promote something, if you're a creator um, and you ever feel stuck and you feel like you just can't, like, how do these people do all this writing? Man, join February album writing month. It is just such a great community and it's such a kick, it's such a boost. Um, yeah. So I met a lot of people there. I'd never really done a lot of collaboration. I'd done collaboration within my band, but um, usually like I would write the song and bring it to the band and then we would kind of like hash through arranging it. Um, So like actually like here, someone gave me lyrics and now I'm writing the music for it or vice versa, or we're literally writing the whole thing together like in a Zoom call. Like we're, okay, yeah, oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, 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 let's do that. Or that's cool and let's play this next part. And like, we're both like on our machines recording ideas. And so I've done a lot of that. Um, I did it uh, with a friend. My one bit, one of my bands is called dove pilot. Um, and that's one of my bands that has like some songs and some, like we had a song in the Mindy project, uh, with Mindy Kaling and, um, it was really cool. It was so sad because I told everyone my song's going to be in the Mindy project. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to be on Wednesday night. So like I learned after this several times getting burned, I'll give the full story I'm listening for the song. I've told everyone it's on tonight. You know, I'm watching and I'm like, I don't, I don't hear it. Uh, I think, wait, is that like, there's one moment where I think I heard it and I'm like, and then it was over. I missed it. I'm like, I think maybe that was it. It, the feature, ba- there was the band, this band called The National. I don't know if you know them. They're, um, I've really, they're super great. Um, and they were like, it was like a music festival. And our music was the sound of a band outside playing. Like they used our song to be like the, the you know, the real background music for a festival. Yeah. And this guy walks in, the lead singer for The National. And I was, you could hear the drum beat to the song, basically, you know, and that was about it. And I was like, oh, you know, it was like, 
<laughs> a lot of times when I found out I got a song placed, I would get really excited and then find out, yeah, it's like they walked by a room and music was playing on a stereo quietly just to give it like the ambience they need for the scene, you know, like there's a little something there. Uh, so that's more frequent than the, oh, this is the song where all the characters' plots are tied together with the epic final song that is so great when the, you know, it happens. Like Walking Dead always did that so well yeah. at the end of the season. There'd be some just amazing song that was like, just perfect. The words were just perfect in so many levels. Yeah, that doesn't happen with many of my songs. Um, and I mean, I welcome the day. Dear music publishers, I gladly will allow you to use any of my songs in any manner you see fit, uh, except for pornography, please. Uh, so, um, I mean, I guess. I mean, if it really works, yeah. go ahead, whatever. Um, so, um, but like, that is an art form in and of itself. Like, pairing music to a scene i know some some uh tv and producers like they envision a scene with a song like there's a song they love like wes anderson all the wes anderson movies like i'm sure he builds scenes around songs i would imagine um but he certainly has a aesthetic aesthetic vision that he's going for with the music and the look and the acting um and so uh yeah i don't know I, I, this is my, my brain goes, and then it's like, where was I? And where, how did I get here? Um, yeah. So you can re I'm, I'm lost. Okay. Help me. Uh, guide me, Corey, guide me. Where were we? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. We talked about multi-instrumentals. Yeah. Uh, collaborating then, with other artists. Oh, collaborating with other artists. Yeah. So, um, I have some really great collaborators. Uh, I have a songwriter in Ireland, her name's Amanda West, and she and I basically have this band called Future Kings of Denmark, um, and it's like my rock, it's like my solo rock band, um, and um, I'd say like a good 80% of the songs I co-write with Amanda West, where she writes the lyrics for me, and then I do... Uh, all the instrumentation. And then she actually, we're doing it specifically a lot of times for film and television. We're like so making music that we want to get out into film and television. So like lyrically, she will be less specific. So it's a little more universal um, because we both come from that world. Uh, this, this, this whole company called Taxi and it's a, um, it's like an A&R company. They, they are an intermediary between like film and television companies and artists. So like, like the film and television companies will say, Hey, we're looking for a song that's like Imagine Dragons meets Foo Fighters meets da da da. They'll give like a couple reference songs. Mm -hmm. We want that energy for this scene. And then they'll send that out to the writers. So I met her at one of these conferences and uh, we've been friends ever since and she'll send me lyrics, you know, we've written a ton of songs together, uh, and, and had a lot of songs used, um, for different projects. Um, and, uh, and that's a really great collaboration. My friend in Canada, like a lot of my, they're all over the world because with a Google doc and a video phone, sometimes we don't even talk 
via the anything. We just exchanged some emails or some text messages or whatever. It's like, hey, I got this idea. I'm like, yeah, send it over and I'll work on it. And, you know, like Amanda, we've collaborated for so long that during FOM, we had the this one hour songwriting challenge. Mm-hmm. And we literally like, I started recording it. She was writing lyrics. I finished the first verse. I'm like, okay, I need a second verse. And as I'm recording, she's writing the second verse. I'm singing it. It was like the craziest. Like we don't always have like that synergistic level of, but we've worked together a lot. And having that deadline, again, it was a February album writing month. Like they do these little one hour, like um, they're called skirmishes in in the FOM language or whatever. and it's just this one hour thing where they, they release, here's the prompt. And then that song, you need to have it uploaded by this time. And I can't tell you how many cool songs have come out that way. Like just because you're forced to do something quickly and not overthink it. And sometimes that is the best thing, you know, it's just like instinctual. Um, not that there's not a time to craft and take your time, but um, that song that I wrote, it was on our first, the future Kings of Denmark record and it came out super great. And I hardly changed anything. Like, I think I just mixed it better. Like, I don't even think I had to add anything. Like, I think that everything was done. Like we finished everything in that little piece of time. Um, It just worked. And some of that is because I've done the, it's like training. I've been writing songs for years and years and years. And I've built up those muscles. It's like muscles. It's like exercise. You know, any, I really believe anyone can do it. Anyone can write a song. Anyone can, can be a songwriter. And, and some of it is just force of will, just pushing. I, I do believe there are natural gifts that people get, you know, people are gifted in an area. They have an artistic sense or a poetic sense I think that if you're interested and want to do it, though, you can do it. You absolutely can. And, and, and some of it is maybe your expectations. Like, you might not be touring the, the Super Bowl dome. You might not be opening halftime. Maybe you're just playing local coffee shop. Maybe you're just playing for yourself or just playing on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook Live. Or, you know, like, if it's something you enjoy doing and, and get something out of it, you know, I say that's something anyone can do. Yeah. But yeah, so collaborating is is a great thing. And the speed at which I work, I tend to work faster. I tend to work with people that work faster, but I work with people who I've, we spent a year on a song, yeah. you know, like just going back and forth and I got busy and they got busy and then we come back and we're like, okay, yeah, let's pick up where we left off. And um, I tend to prefer to, like I said, I like to work faster Um because I do find a lot of times that when I work on something for too long, I lose that excitement that I had when I started it. And I think that's dangerous. Yeah. I think that's happened to a lot of movies too. Like someone, you work on something for too long and it gets mired in all these production problems and, and you lose this energy that you had going into it. Some that of momentum. that's a planning thing. Say that again. You lose that momentum. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that momentum is... I think it's really important in the creative process to take that inspiration and follow it. Um, and, and I think it's get, that can get captured in their recording. That's why people, you hear this all the time, demo love. People love the demo. They're so excited about the demo, so good. And they can't get that feeling again. So the, I think something that I learned from, from February album writing month is that 
so many times my demo was so good and when I tried to re-record it, it just didn't have the that thing. Like there's definitely some songs where I'm like, this has got something. There's just something about it that's really, I don't know what it, exactly what it is. It's just something cool, you know? Um, and I'm, sometimes you can recognize it. Sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I have a song and people like love it. And I'm like, what? That just, bleh, bleh. I just spit that out. It was not like me thinking really hard. Um, and that's gratifying to hear sometimes too, you know? Uh, and other times I spent all kinds of time on the song and people are like, yeah. And I'm like, but I spent so much time. I love this song. Why don't you love this song? I'm so good. I thought this was going to be perfect, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So some of it is is just recognizing that, I don't know. I let go of perfectionism a lot. There are times where I do take time being perfect and as perfect as I can make something. But um, I'm much happier not doing that. And I'm enjo- I enjoy it more. Uh, and again, I have a full-time job and I do music um, professionally, you know. Uh, but I, I don't know if you can describe what I do with Mr. G as professional or not. Um, some of it, sure. I mean, it's all over the place. Uh, but, and I have collaborators on the Mr. G stuff, the, the fallout 77 album, I had a lot of collaborators. Um, I'm trying to like, uh, let's see if I can see, I think some, a lot of them will say like feach yeah. so-and-so or whatever. Um, because yeah, like I'm trying to see if I look at the song, if it shows that or not, or if it just shows the other writer. Yeah. Like megaton was featuring bone cage um life in a vault some of these songs are so ridiculous i'm just looking at the titles <laughs> <laughs> some of them are really intense too like i don't know some of my like i like this is like a really like intense song i had kidney stones in the middle of that process yeah. so i wrote a song called kidney stones in the wasteland I've had kidney stones my whole life. So there are several kidney stone songs in my repertoire. I probably could make an album called songs in the key of kidney stones. I need to go back and find my other kidney stone songs, but I definitely, I definitely have some, uh, yeah. Collaborators are awesome. And I like collaborators because it, um, collaborating with someone, I don't know. I feel less, almost less attached to it. Like it's not as precious to me. So I'm a lot, I let go of a lot of like this extra critical and I think they do too. And, and thereby everyone's kind of like, just, let's just make it cool. You know, at least that's how a lot of my experiences have been. And so that, the very fact that we're doing it together makes it like really, um, uh, easier to finish because we're both like the other person's carrying some of the weight, you know? It's not all me creating, writing, recording, mixing. You know, it's like, oh, there's this like give and take. So I don't know. I, I can be a little more free sometimes when it's like that. Okay. It's kind of, it's great. What's next for Mr. G? Well, Songs in the Key of Fortnite is a thing that's happening. I don't know if it'll just be singles um, or if it will be, um, uh, if it'll be like a full album, I, I know for sure we've got like two or three songs that we just like loved and we thought were really strong. 
So for sure, we're definitely 100% going to release them, whether they all end up and then we put them together as an album at the end. Uh, probably because they were really they were written intentionally. Like we came into February album writing month saying, let's write a song about Fortnite because we were both uh, Mama Katie, Katie Dwyer. Uh, we just were both playing Fortnite a lot like with with each other and with some friends we had this little group that we play with and we just like we literally wrote a song about one of the guys we play with like he's like a really good Fortnite player he's like much better than we are um and and you know we wrote a song about him in there and like about he always landed at this one place like you drop in with a you parachute and you land and and he always landed here and we called it fredster mountain because his name is <laughs> his username was fredster so we named this location fredster mountain we wrote a song like kind of in the style of like oh brother where art thou like kind of a kind of folky you know like i think we took one of the the songs from that record to kind of like get into the structure and the feel and the vibe and made it you know based on that it was on big rock candy mountain ah, big rock candy yeah. mountain Big Rock Candy Mountain. Da, 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 da. So we took that basic idea and made it into a song for him. So it's like a, it's sort of a parody, but it's not really a parody, but it's definitely inspired by that song. Um, so we're the Fortnite album. Uh, I'm going to be releasing singles. I'll probably release a Mr. G single, you know, every couple, like at least every, almost every month. I have some other projects that I'm going to be releasing um, that that might take up some time, uh, but I have so many songs that I want to start putting out that I'm going to keep releasing Mr. G stuff. So anyone that's that enjoys it, you know, please if if they could follow on Spotify, if you follow me on YouTube, then you'll know what's going on. If you sign up for my mailing list, that's a really great way to on the website. And the website is like the ultimate location for like where you find things about me, but I'm right now I'm super Spotify is the best, probably the best way. Um, that's where things are being targeted for release. Uh, but yeah, check out my channel, you know, my thing, you can, anyone can find me there, but that's, that's what I'm doing. Just releasing more music Fortnite's next. And then there's a hundred songs in the vault that are going to come out, uh, and I'm I'm excited because there's some of the there's some that I just they're diamonds, man. They're they're beautiful. They're super great songs. And I like only like 30 people ever heard it, you know, because I put it on YouTube one time and it's gone come and gone, but I want more people to hear it. So I'm excited about some of those songs. Okay. And uh I'll be putting all your social media into the uh, link description link in the for the episode. Thank you. So all right. Well, I think we'll uh, wrap it up there. So I want to say, Mr. G, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Really appreciate having you. It was a pleasure. I, I Thanks for having me. It was great. And 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 uh, thank you, Faithful Sidekicks, for being on the show, too. <laughs> thank that, that I discovered it. I'm super glad that I got to discover it through them. So, Well, thank you very much. And a special thanks to Mr. G for joining us on the podcast today. If you want to find Mr. G's music, just look to the links in the description for the episode. This is the Cory Geek, signing out.